Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exception. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. How's it everyone? Welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with me, Audrey Naidu. Today's podcast is endorsed by IB South Africa. The powerful convergence of marketing and technology in today's marketplace means that brands are no longer built through advertising, but through experiences. We have observed seismic consumer shifts in the last 12 months, which are likely to stay with us permanently. Right now, an experienced renaissance is afoot one that is galvanizing companies to push beyond the CX philosophy and organize the whole business around the delivery of exceptional experiences. These experiences must respond to customers' new, often unmet and frequently changing needs to enable them to achieve their desired outcomes. This is the business of experience, also known as BX. BX is very much a new category of leadership that savvy CEOs and their leadership teams will embrace as we move deeper into the coming decade. My guest today is Hayden Townsend, Managing Director at Accenture Interactive, who will be talking to us about this new concept of BX and how businesses need to adapt to the new playing field. Good afternoon, Hayden. Welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon, Audrey. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to getting into this. Me too. How are you braving this cold, freezing weather we're experiencing in Johannesburg? I am a summer baby and I'm a beach baby, so none of this is working for me. I have two heaters on and a jacket and it's still not working. Um, but I think I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've hit June, so it's only up from here. Or is it down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll choose to be optimists on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayden, you have an impressive CV, Group CEO at Winderman, before you joined Accenture Interactive, Chairman of the IBSA, CEOs of two other companies, and prior to that, Executive Director at Jupiter Drawing Room. Um, please tell us about your C-suite journey to date. Uh, thank you. You know, it's, um, you know, when you look back at these things, you often go, you know, is it by default or by design? Um, so kind of where I went and what I did, um, the actual companies I ended up, a lot of it is kind of a mix of, of right place, right time. But, you know, I think as the quote goes, um, success comes when preparedness meets opportunity. So um, I kind of moved through these journeys, but there was one thing that I did start out um, very deliberately looking at, which was, not wanting to get stuck in one area or or one part of the marketing mix as it were so you know when you look at that journey you'll see i i actually started on on um the marketing side i was a you know brand manager and then a senior brand manager and then even during that period moved from fmcg into e-commerce in the early days and then moved to agency world you know around the 2000 millennial mark um, and very much haven't looked back since then, but then moved through multiple agencies. But in that era and in that time, very much going from, you know, all the way through big brand communication. I was the CEO of Sales, Sport and Entertainment, which is a sponsorship agency. I had my own activation agency. 
And then, you know, I guess about five, six years ago, I joined Equa, which was um, the digital agency at the time that became Wonderman Thompson. And we went through all of the the um, acquisitions or mergers, more like it. But it was all by design, moving across these various areas. So, you know, I've covered quite a broad spectrum. And, and the step I've done recently to Accenture Interactive is part of that journey to move into this new you know, digitally focused experience agenda. Um, so as the world moves, I'm trying to to move with it. So yeah, I've been, been quite a journey. Yeah, I think that's an amazing journey you've taken. Uh, full on 360 experience in marketing, both from a brand side, but also externally from agency perspective, which puts you in a great position to talk about today's conversation. Experience transcends communication. A big statement to make. What are your thoughts on this? So, I mean, yeah, this is this is just it, right? So, you know, when we moved through, you know, when the big brand era was around, when, when communication as a lever was, was all pervasive, all dominant, we could literally move a brand um, in terms of its affinity, in terms of its scores, in terms of its likability with one... 60 second, even a 30 second commercial, you know, maybe 20 years ago, as the world evolved, as digital started becoming the thing that it is, um, I think it's come of age. I don't think anybody can doubt that. And, you know, if there is any silver lining to COVID, it has accelerated this journey. So, you know, we've seen the migration. And one of the, the things, one of my updates has always been around you know, are the agency models broken or advertising's dead? And the reality is that the world's been moving and shifting slowly. And it's not necessarily dead. It's just everything needed to evolve. And some things, you know, evolve at different paces. But where we are today is, is, an, is an absolute dominance of experience as the driver for brand growth way ahead of what communication could and did do in the past. So it's almost, you know, taken over prominence, but it hasn't replaced or removed communication. So it is it is the new battleground. And, and you know, I think it's an exciting space to be in because it's much more holistic. I think you made two pertinent points. Is the agency model broken or is advertising dead? And for me, it kind of goes back to marketing um that advertising as is always uh, taken the forefront of marketing whereas there's other disciplines in marketing now that needs to be considered have you seen that shift as well yeah i mean i think you know the problem with the past and i say problem you know now when we look back at it um, but at the time it was exciting because it, it was it was this very creative world and this very um, visual space, you know, of of communication and advertising, and and marketers tended to to represent that in organisations. I think we we all got so caught up in in the advertising whirlwind, you know, and and the downside of it is that we got so attached and connected to advertising. I think we any any marketer would know that the mix is much broader, um, but. You know, the communication was so dominant that we weren't really looking at any of the other, even if you took classic, you know, four Ps or seven or eight Ps, depending if you're looking at service service marketing or, or, and any of those areas. But 
we ended up in this promotion space, but not only in the promotion space, looking at advertising in that. So with the evolution of experience and this migration to the experience driving brand and brand affinity, we're now moving into so many other areas. We need to take service seriously. We need to take commerce seriously. We need to take front office stuff that transcended communication much more seriously. So it's a matter almost of taking the skill of, of understanding human insights, understanding creativity, understanding all of these, these real emotional levers and applying it into areas that probably were much more rational and pragmatic in the past. So it's certainly a shift that's happening. I think it's taking marketing right up the value chain and, and we couldn't be better positioned to, to make a material impact in the, in the C-suite you know, as we go. And not foregoing, you know, the power of creativity and insight and all of those things that made us uh, as good as we were in the past. Mm, definitely. I could resonate with that. But just to take a step back, what would you say is a major difference between CX and BX? Because customer experience and customer centricity are not new concepts in uh, the business and marketing world. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we've we've been... We've been on this journey, right? So everybody's at different stages of this journey. So customer experience, as you rightfully point out, it's been around for, you know, some people have started a good 10 plus years ago, you know, and some people migrated, you know, the the, the focus on service and the service industries in particular have been very, very good at it. Um, but it's starting to transcend that as digital products become more and more important and more powerful and start disintermediating the regular traditional players. So we've got, you know, we've got the poster, poster kids of, of, you know, the Ubers and the Amazons and the Netflixes of the world. But it's starting to break way beyond that. You know, you're starting to see FMCG brands moving into that space or CPG, depending on which part of the world you come from. But we're starting to see experiences going way beyond the product. And, and what has happened is that customer experience was very much focused on the front end touch points, right? So the guys who started this long ago, it was, you know, in a time where, where, where it was very hard to get hold of a call center and we introduce a chatbot. You know, there's this instant elation, the ability to instantaneously get service and response when you were previously waiting for 20 minutes. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was easier to do than to fix an entire supply chain or to change an entire approval system for a bond or having getting a company to look at the back end and fix the entire business that may have been designed to satisfy the business and not the consumer. So we're starting to see a plateau in CX. We're seeing diminishing returns. I mean, I think the numbers are, you know, sitting in the region of 80 plus percent of stagnant growth from CX investment for brands who have started this journey long ago. Now, does this mean there's no space for front-end optimization? Of course not. We still different brands and businesses at different stages. But those who have optimized to the nth degree on the front end are now starting to go into the back office. And that's where the CX to BX journey comes in. How do we bring finance in? How do we bring supply chain in? How do we get operations involved? 
how do we start looking at it much more holistically and as a business imperative than just a front end optimization so that kind of the difference between between the two it's the same thing it's just running much deeper into the organization mm. so i was reading a recent forbes article where your chief strategy officer beju shah was being interviewed yeah. and he described the difference between the two and i, I really loved what he said he said cx is being implemented as glitter and bx is core to the fabric or dna of the organization completely quite powerful completely and that and it is very very powerful you know and i mean i'm i'm a, i'm i'm a creative soul you know i'm a creative strategist um, at heart and you know i i almost you know i i i love the seriousness of where it's going but one of the things when you look at at like say if you took forrester's index of of how to measure cx right you're looking at things like ease of use you're looking at things like recommendation you're looking at um various loyalty metrics they've got a few things but there's a key part in there which is called emotion right and that piece is so fundamental how customers feel about the experience it's sits on the cx quality side so that cx index score is made up of you know effectiveness ease emotion on the quality side and then on the loyalty side you've got retention enrichment which is kind of cross sellability and advocacy now you know advocacy nps or or powerful tools but the emotion part for me is is you know I, i almost don't want to undermine the power of glitter in in that context you know so i agree that it it's glitter at that level but there's a lot of glitter we can take into the back office it doesn't become a rational transactional you know intervention and this is one of the things we're looking at in redefining creativity how do we take people who have channeling their creativity into a 60 second ad and asking them to look at the last mile and go what is the emotional experience when you receive your package at the door how can we increase that how can we do it differently how can we add you know this unexpected theater to it and that's all part of cx you know so creativity is still very much laced in it but we want to pull it deeper into the organization so what you're talking about is a completely disruptive model within organizations it would mean a reset whose responsibility is it the cmo or the ceo the cmo certainly needs to be the champion i think it's important that we own this conversation that we we drive it so you know there are various roles popping up whether that be the cxo or whether it sits in um you know in the strategy part of the business so there's a bit of flex going on at the moment but nobody's better positioned to own this conversation than the cmo when i talk about the cmo i'm obviously talking about the office of the cmo everybody involved with consumer and why is that because we've all spent our lives listening to consumers it's what we do it is our daily bread right the organization has been working the other way around typically and these often found themselves at odds with each other right so you know if you if i take last mile as an option and the example i was just saying you know it's notoriously a problem let's say you took um the root and says okay we're going to use mr d hypothetically as my delivery mechanism for the last mile so it makes commercial sense because then you outsource that component of your journey 
So as a business, you'd make that decision. But when you apply the customer lens or the experience lens and go, I don't own that experience. My brand or products arriving with a, a bunch of other stuff, with a bunch of different areas that um, might not necessarily influence my brand. If anything, it might erode it. So to go back and have that conversation with the head of operations or to have it with the CFO to say, you need to invest differently because of customer experience driving brand and business, you need it to go all the way up to the board. So you need to champion it, but it has to be a board imperative. It has to have everybody going, okay, if we're doing customer first, and it seems so intuitive to us and so obvious, but in execution, it's very hard because you have to you have to fundamentally change so many practices that weren't designed to make things easier. You know, if it took you 14 days to get a query back, that's because it needed to go through your back-end SAP system. Whereas now we're saying, you can't leave it to that anymore. I need to be able to do it in 24 hours. Now to shift from 14 days to 24 hours is not going to take a marketing effort. It's not going to take a website. It's not going to take an app. We've got to fundamentally get the board to buy it. Mm, absolutely. In the Accenture Evolution of Customer Experience Report, I noticed that there's three key trends that gave rise to this concept of BX. Can you shed some light on some of the trends that are now um, enabling uh, the shift or repivoting towards this new uh, shift in terms of experience? Yeah, I, you know, I think the one for me, I mean, I don't know if any, you know, I guess if everyone's seen the Fjords trends. I mean, we can share that. It's, it's, it's actually, if you could probably just Google it and, and go, you, you'd get onto it. But there was, a, there was a couple of things. Now, some of them are, are, are probably very contextual to kind of the C19 environment. So things like kind of collective displacement where, you know, we've all literally been shifted into, into worlds that were previously reserved for our private lives, right? All of a sudden, yeah, I'm having this this chat with you and I'm sitting in my lounge, right? And, um, you know, as we were joking earlier, it, it's now not uncommon for your kids to run in anything to happen, life to happen around you, and it's no longer taboo. And with this collective displacement, we're starting to see, um, you know, a, a, a change in the way we operate. Now, that's not new. What is quite interesting is when you start looking at what's called interaction wanderlust, which is one of the trends, which is, you know, and it's linked to the CX conversation. We've all been using templates, we're using tools, we're using similar UX principles and practices because we've been on a journey of, of almost digitizing and finding the quickest route to it, right? We're now seeing that the simple interface, the simple Zoom, the simple Teams interface, the simple website that you go to, if it's all looking the same, if we're starting to see things and they all feel and look the same, we've got the same, you know, burger menus from 20 years ago, you know, mm. or what, probably more like 10 years ago, to be fair. We've got the same structure of a website that goes and even... You know, the very few sites itself or our sites or any of the sites have this very, and, and yes, you've got to keep common design principles because people need to have comfort. So when you're doing the user experience, you go through it. But there's now this desperate need for something new, fresh. And again, to my earlier point of creativity, 
we now need to look at interaction design very, very differently, and it puts a new pressure on us. You know, so there are a lot of these things, um, you know, that we're starting to see, and like the do-it-yourself innovation trend. Previously, we would rely very much on externally. We've all fallen in love with our personal screens, but public screens we don't go nearby. Nobody touches it. We've seen a massive decline in that, obviously, because. We don't want to touch, you know, sterilization. There's the justified paranoia around it, but that means our home screens need to become more interactive. We need to start doing much more. So, there's a lot of these trends that are driving us to better, you know, user experiences, mm. um, just at the digital level. So yeah, some some really interesting stuff and some nice things around kind of, you know, the the power of empathy and and all of our our lost rituals. You know that we were used to hanging out before. Now we have to find new ways to engage. So, it's all feeding towards a renewed view of of the interfaces that we have. No, I think you're spot on because customer experiences are becoming more um, instant gratification, immersive, interactive, uh, more demanding, um, and brands are actually need to keep up in order to to actually firstly attract that business. But two, make sure that you close the sale um, because, I mean, the, yeah. growth, the growth agenda now is becoming very challenging because you spoke about the sea of sameness. How do we actually get more agile, bringing um, new culture into organizations to start a reset and um, align to this new shifts, which is why I want yeah. to talk to you about... Um, legacy operating models within businesses and how they can hold businesses back uh, because we spoke about from a marketing perspective and advertising businesses are still doing things like they did 20 years ago and this we almost need a re-engineering for us to uh, start afresh so um, I know when you and I spoke about this conversation we spoke about automation migration to cloud yeah. services back office automation, processing of data. Can you give us some insight into brands and, you know, your conversation with C-suites and how is this changing in the local market? You know, so what I really find interesting in this space is that very few people are connecting, you know, the, the human and the machine properly. And that's something we're trying to really look at because, you know, you've got you've got this cloud migration going on, right? And and cloud migration is not just about taking what you have on premise and putting it in the cloud. What cloud migration is really about is the intelligence that we can now access in that cloud, right? So, you know, you've got you've got massive massive innovation and investment sitting in almost every artificial intelligence or machine learning engine behind every cloud. So whether that's Microsoft's Cortana or whether it's Adobe's Einstein or whether it's Apple's Siri, all these things are basically just kind of, you know, and prepomorphization, you know, of trying to create human names and fields to this level of intelligence. But the reality is that that's where the real power is going to sit. So it's not just about taking our data to the cloud or taking our infrastructure to the cloud. It is about taking it and then using the intelligence that comes with it. Now, what that's supposed to do when we get to these big data levels, it is a, it's supposed to make it usable for human beings, right? 
the problem with the big data and we know we've moved into the into the era where it's not about lack of information it's about lack of insight or useful information now what we're hoping the machine's going to do for us is be able to sift through as much as possible and give us the usable chunks that we then convert into insight and bring the human being into it so this thing for me is not about replacing human beings or 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 actually um substituting them in any way in any task it's about making the human being more effective and moving us closer to our creative center and taking away the kind of mechanistic crunching that sits on the other side so you know as that journey happens as we move towards the cloud it should become more human i know that sounds counterintuitive but that should should be where it's at we should be doing less robotic actions and doing more creative actions and i think it'll actually unlock a more meaningful way because now that's where the customer comes back into it where we put the end user at the center of our thinking because we no longer preoccupied with all of their data points we preoccupied with what does it mean to them so i think it's a really exciting time and and a change so the organizations you also starting to see pivot you know to those kind of of positions you know where where technology is entering parts of the business one of the other trends it's not in the fuel trends it's uh, it's actually on a um a a a tech trends that we do with accenture is that everything is a digital business you know everything now is touched by some way or form by it and it's so important that we keep that blend with human and machine absolutely so you are talking about the commercialization of data but also the democratization of data as well at the same time yeah yeah very much so i mean i think the we moving to a low code no code world right so you know it's it's just a matter of time where where we get to a point and that's again i mean not not to harp on the trends but this is one of the tech trends that goes we starting to get to so the the wixes of the world i mean we we got numerous examples you need to look at just go to the app store and you can see what you can do with 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 video and animation and editing and using artificial intelligence that's sitting up in a cloud somewhere on your device at home doing production level work that 10 years ago you'd have needed a massive studio for so you're getting into this user um low code no code world where it's about what we do with the technology what we're going to do is that unleashing our thinking and creativity in this space so there is a massive shift that's happening um and i think it's 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 for the good of the user you know as we move the big heavy tech to the cloud as we start moving this massive it infrastructure away and it's less about it and more about user we start getting into a very powerful space because that's where experiences and brands really come to life mm so i just want to to pause and ask you have you experienced organizations that um has a cultural and structural inertia because that could actually limit the opportunities available to organizations one and then two it would involve a cultural shift as well because you actually can't make it happen you can have the best tech 
in organizations, you know, um, if it's not used properly, but if there's no people component, the skill set, the capability, the structures to to actually complement this new strategy, um, how will this hinder or propel organizations to move forward? Biggest failure point for any digital transformation or customer experience transformation is culture, right? It is a it is a very skills and culture. It is such an important part of the of the transformation process. And again, that's why when I you know look at at the the skill substitution or the reskilling, people often see it as as a I guess as a point of of fear versus a point of opportunity. And you know, you need to go on this journey. We need to get onto this trajectory where we are constantly upskilling ourselves. And I think this is, you know, if, if you look at the amount of career changes people can go through, you know, different roles that evolve, things you're doing today that you didn't do 10 years ago. I mean, there are jobs today that exist that didn't exist 10 years ago. So the whole structure, you know, we almost have to get into this learning organization mode and get people to buy into the idea that you're constantly evolving. The door you came in isn't the door you have to go out of. We're not looking for 20, 30 year lifers in one space. And of course, not that that's a bad thing, it has its place, but the reality is the world's gonna move so fast. And it's one of that, those that I love that analogy that if you're standing still in a world that's moving, you're actually going backwards. So. You know, some people go like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm okay. I'm going to sit in the zone. I'm going to focus on what I do. And I think this, this ambition and this desire to evolve is a big part of the culture that needs to be installed in these organizations. You know, and as, as the legacy systems start moving to the cloud and become more intelligent, we're not going to do upgrades like we used to. We're not going to, you know, these things are going to run like feature updates, like, you know, your phone goes from, you know, iOS 14.1 to iOS 14.2, it happens in the cloud. We don't have to reinstall it every time. We don't have to, I mean, re-engineer it. We don't take every single phone and redo it. It literally pulls down. Now, when that happens, then the evolution is not going to be so visible to the eye. Like, you know, when we go from, oh, this software is end of life, we're going to this next one, there's a very clear break and an upskilling. But in a world that's iterative, in a world that's evolving, that needs to be the first point that needs to be embedded. It's almost, you know, the culture of change and the culture of learning, and then go into what is it, and it will be different for everybody. But I think the overall principle that says we might not be the same thing, new business opportunities, new revenue streams. I mean, we see it all over the show, you know, where telcos are going into financial services and, you know, you're looking at... Um, automotive companies releasing, you know, electric components because now they've gone into electric vehicles. And, you know, this this constant migration is now going to become more pronounced. We won't be able to stick in our lanes like we used to. So who would you say are the trailblazers who have adopted a BX mindset and you can already see a difference in, in their business? I think, unfortunately, at the moment, it's it's really the tech players, you know, um, who, who are there. The, and and the, the big thing is that, you know, they've compressed the, the, the customer journey. So, you know, this, this linear journey that we've gone on, 
So when you look at, I mean, I, I'm almost loath to use these examples, but the reality is it, it, it is it is powerful. When you look at a an Uber or an Airbnb, the the communication, the experience, the commerce, the post service, the the payment channels, it's all integrated into quite a un, unique but common experience, right? They link to each other. You can't see where one starts and stops. So they started getting into that space. Now we are seeing traditional businesses go that way. And then people are playing with different models, right? So some are going, do we form a, you know, a retail bank? Or if we're looking at the telco, or even if we're looking at the traditional automotive companies, when you see General Motors is taking its EV business out of GM and putting it on the side because they're going, it is a different culture. It is technologically led. It is experience driven. So, you know, the question at the moment is probably how do we get the big legacy players of the past to actually do the migration? And there is no right answer at the moment. Some people are going spinning it off completely and launching a digital first bank. Right. We've seen that happen through the years, various iterations of it. Then you have others who are saying we're going to build an innovation pod at the center of this business and then evolve that. And hopefully it almost, you know, permeates the rest of the business. But what's what's tricky in those cases are where, you know, the agile model, the agile structure the digital product model that like the spotify's of the world operate on it's very hard to put it in the center of an organization that's running waterfall and legacy around it so you know the thinking that it will permeate is probably we see most of the failure points there but you're almost going to have to run these two in parallel probably and over time find ways to infuse it into the bigger organization so the the kind of the Spotify is the whole the tech startup guys. It's a it's almost an unfair advantage because they're born digital, they're born in an agile way. The organizational structure has been set up there, um, but we all gonna have to move move that way eventually. Mm. Um, so it's a matter of how really and then then if you know uh, and when really. Are you seeing a collapsing of the customer journey anytime soon? Based on what yeah, you said absolutely. just now. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I was reading a, a, a Harvard article the other day. I think the, the terminology is probably not right, but the sentiment I enjoyed, it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's looking um, not at, at finding path to purchase, right, but looking to path to purpose. Now, purpose is a bit misleading. That's the piece I didn't like because we're talking about purpose-led brands and so forth. But what they're talking about is it's the age-old adage that said, I am not looking to buy a drill. I want to make a hole, right? So, you know, if you took that for what's the purpose of this drill? Why am I buying this drill? I want to make a hole, right? And they, they're taking it a little further and going, in this world now where we've gone into this cocooning internal DIY, if if you look at the consumer journey and you say, this is a dad that wants to build a tree house for his kid, right? That is the purpose or the, the goal of what they want. Now, if you are a drill manufacturer and you start telling stories and helping him build a tree house, you start talking about what goes in it, giving them plans, giving them videos, so they don't have to leave your ecosystem 
and go to YouTube or go find, you know, a how-to video somewhere or go and look at um, some other blogs around building tree houses. You actually give it in the context of your product. Now, when you look at that, that journey, and they talk about, you know, it's, it's no longer a funnel. It's a highway with off-ramps. So you must almost give people the, you know, the content stream, understanding what the end purpose of what you're offering them. So if you're offering them a, a home loan, you're offering them a, a family, you know, you're offering them a space of safety, you're offering them something bigger than the home loan. And you should then build your story around it. And then you offer these off ramps, you know, where you go and you say, okay, but now if I am wanting safety, I'm coming through the home loan lens, but I may need to look at, you know, my life insurance with that and allow me to go off that ramp, go another journey and then come back on this highway. So it's this, the journey is so much more fluid and much bigger than we probably were looking at it in the past. So yes, not, not only is it kind of, you know, collapsing, it is morphing as we go. So we probably got to start with need states first than actually trying to sell product. Um, and that way, you know, your content strategy, your brand strategy, everything feeds into that. Well, you kind of read my mind in your last statement because I was saying it's a basic principle of marketing. Uh, when you first start understanding what marketing is, it's to meet that unmet uh, need of customers. So it's not about selling products at the end of the day. And I think that's where we got caught up because we'll see more and more of marketing moving into the performance realm. But we forget the brand, we forget the customer, we forget the customer journey, and which is why we often run campaigns, but we actually not always on because customers are there when they so we need to be there when customers are searching for us. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know if you if you look at at how e-commerce is as call it backward integrated, right? It used to be this thing that sat at the end of the journey. It's not uncommon for somebody to experience the brand straight from search into an e-commerce environment, which is why we're talking about product experience pages, it's not product display pages. So if I land on a draw in Takealot or Amazon or wherever, why can that not be a how-to video at that same point with an emotional story attached instead of this bland white landing page that all looks so sameness, right? The sea of sameness, this, that the template that we've all used for e-commerce. And we're starting to try and break that because somebody can experience a brand or a product in e-commerce before they even see an, an, an ad about it. Now, in a world like that, you've got to look at it very differently. Go like, this isn't linear. I see an ad, then I go online, then I do search, then I click to the website, then... I move from unknown to known and you send me an emailer and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Then I get to your cart, then I abandon. That linear cycle doesn't work. I can go straight from, from search into e-commerce and I land on your buying page. I mean, if you look at any of our search engines, you've got the shopping page right on top. We go straight in there. And as you know, you can buy off TikTok. You can go, now you, 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 you bypass so many avenues. So if you still look at it in a linear journey way, you're going to come very unstuck because you're expecting them to come with latent knowledge from the previous path in your, in your funnel. And it just doesn't work like that. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, yeah. it's exciting to be, to be honest, but it becomes more complex.
it is more complex and multi-dimensional <laughs> because now instead of a linear journey you're talking about the messy middle yes yes very much so and yeah. there's constant loops and iterations you know so so yes there's you know the performance side i mean you touched on that and i'm i'm you know on a bit of a mission to to merge these two a lot better i don't know how yet but i feel like we're going off on a performance trajectory one way and and the creative brand work going the other way and you know the more i see examples of this kind of creativity embedded in e-commerce and i go like well what was supposed to be the start was big brand ad highly creative the end was very transactional e-commerce make sure that you know my my credit card details are safe and my card is full mm. um and now we're going no it needn't be we need to be thinking holistically and creatively across the board and and now what does that mean and what does that look like you know it's a yeah it's a it's a different world we're going into completely different i know that essential interactive globally are advocates for yes. bx so um what are some of the the changes or behaviors you're seeing towards adoption of bx with big companies that you guys um you know are trying to educate and come on board with this new concept and model how has their journey been the interesting part about it is that you know bx is a is a massive kind of transformative program right it, it it's made up of so many different areas so many different parts of the business so many different users and buyers that very rarely do we walk in and go straight to that end you know we often coming in through a a tactical part or an area of the business right so somebody comes in and says oh you know what we want to take our agency in house come and help us design that model right then we go like okay why are we doing that what are we doing that for um you know we want to get to market quicker or we want to resonate more and then you start working your way through go like yeah but you need to look then at the experience holistically and then we need to look at who starts so you almost then start expanding out of it or somebody comes in and says you know we want to do a loyalty program and then you start with loyalty and go but loyalty is one piece the days of loyalty as points are gone we're moving into loyalty as experience but then experience sits holistically in in how i interact with everything in social media the call center how i return my product so now loyalty starts becoming a system and then we start pushing our way out so you're finding that it's usually some problem that triggers it there's a burning platform somewhere in the business right very rarely does somebody come in and say help us transform our business in its entirety you know so so that's the way we're seeing it happen which is okay because you know if there's a burning platform there's usually a domino effect and and sooner or later you end up with a customer and you you you'll uncover that you probably not here to service those needs you know so and then and then we see design thinking in quite early through that process which then also shifts a lot of the the thinking away from system to human you know um, which is which is also quite the powerful shift i guess uh, this is going to be a journey you know it's going to take time for people to adopt this new way of thinking. Yeah, I and and that that's the biggest hurdle to this, right? I mean, what are we sitting on now? I don't know, 8,500, 9,000, you know, mad tech marketing advertising technologies out there. Everything. I mean, 
there's a tool to do anything right now and mm. do it better, faster, quicker, easier, cheaper. But the barrier is the human being, the the adoption of it, the 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 desire to want to use it and the ability to use it. I mean, I think there was a recent research um, uh, that was done. I'm not even sure where it was, but it showed something like um, 60% of the functionality of most of the MarTech investments that big companies are doing is sitting there untapped. You know, I use the... the <laughs> The, the VCR um, analogy, um, probably showing my age here, but at the time when you got these massive remote controls that used to have, like, I mean, I remember it was a long thing, like a picking half the size of your arm with like 30, 40 buttons on, and all you did was press play and fast forward, right? We didn't even touch the ability to step up and record in the future, etc. So there's a lot of that. So, so the, the journey is going to be very much around how we break the human inertia, I think the tech's way ahead of us. Mm. So Hayden, in closing, what would you like to leave our listeners with? So for those brands that want to take a leap forward, what is some of your advice? The key thing for me is understanding that communication has a role to play, but it is not the centerpiece any longer. Now, when I take that, there are the learnings that come from how we used to drive communication, how we built powerful, compelling communication in the past. That should come with us into the future. Our ability to understand human beings, our ability to unlock insights, our ability to find creative ways into touching a nerve, and then pulling that, that creative, human-centered thinking through what appears to be rational. That is that is almost my call to arms. You know, I'm 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 trying to get people to apply creativity right throughout that funnel, as I mentioned with e-commerce as a classic example. But there are numerous other ones. You know, start thinking about supply chain. How do we how do we fix delivery? How do we change service models? How do we think about these things so differently? So, you know, understanding that experience is now transcending communication. Communication has its place, but it, ha it is one part of the mix. And as you move into the experience part of it, don't think it's a rational exercise. See it as the creative, human-centered exercise that it is. Hayden, thank you so much for your time. I think definitely words of wisdom, uh, lots of takeouts from today's conversation. We really appreciate your time. Audrey, thank you. I love that. I love talking about this. I love that you love it. <laughs> so really looking forward to keeping the conversation alive. And thank you for having me on. Okay, go well. Keep warm. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and to keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.